Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Chat with Coach Kat. Today's episode is a part of the Awesome Guest Entrepreneur Special Edition. We will be talking all about the entrepreneurial journeys, the highs, the lows, the path, the experiences, the lessons, and so much more. I'm excited to get to share with you the wisdom these great souls have acquired over the years. So without further ado, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Anna Oliveira. Anna, please tell us a little bit about yourself, your expertise, and where you're coming from, and then we'll dive into some questions. Sure. Well, thanks for having me first off, Kat. This is an awesome opportunity. Um, I'm a registered nurse. I'm also a health coach for people with chronic pain and fibromyalgia. also do massage therapy, and I'm also a medical cannabis consultant. So all of the things I do focus around helping people who are dealing with chronic pain and fibromyalgia to find better quality in life and to learn alternative strategies to help them manage their pain issues. So it, it's just something that's always been a passion of mine. And like many people, a passion turns into a business. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's so wonderful. That definitely needs some more alternative uh, ways to, to find um, a way to, to get rid of the pain or to at least help us with it. What, um, where, where are you calling us from? Where are you um, located right now? I'm located in Northern Michigan. Oh, oh, so we're neighbors. That's so wonderful. Yeah. That is so Practically, cool. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exciting. So tell me, um, how did you get started? Um, obviously, you said you were a registered nurse. Is this something that you wanted to do since you were a little girl or are you kind of... Uh, um, nursing kind of just happened to me where I wasn't sure what I wanted to do for a career. So once I had my, my first two children were born and I decided it's time to go back to school and find a career. And so nursing just came easily. It was just something that it was easy for women to get into. And it's actually been a really great career choice because there are so many things you can do with nursing. I mm -hmm. So I did end up doing some travel nursing. I started my nursing career in Canada, and then I traveled and took the kids down to Florida, um, California. I've done a couple stints in Michigan, wow. and then I took a permanent position in Utah. And then also within nursing, you can change specialties. So I started at bedside and then went into operating room, which was really cool, and then into pain management. And that's what piqued my curiosity of looking at different ways to manage pain and just witnessing people's struggles um, with using pain medication and some of the, the hard things about using opioids, um, you know, family members losing people to, you know, overdosing even on properly prescribed medications and mm -hmm. just started exploring alternatives. So when my youngest daughter went off to college, I decided to immerse myself in massage therapy and I just keep learning. I'm always learning new tools to add to my toolbox to offer people some help. Yes. And it, it seems like it's something that um, a lot of entrepreneurs do. They have this curiosity, this interest to constantly grow and expand and find better ways to deal with, with a problem. Uh, what, um, what are some, you said you're in massage and you also have the cannabis. What, what piqued your interest in that? 
Um, well, growing up, I was always afraid of cannabis because it was instilled by my parents that you just don't touch drugs. That's a bad thing to do. And then as I started to, um, just talk to people who are using it for their PTSD or anxiety or chronic pain or to help them with their, um, cancer chemotherapy, um, you know, side effects, I, I started to realize, well, maybe there is something to this plant and, um, you know, that was, a few years ago, and then gradually, you know, Michigan became uh, a recreational state. And I decided to, I found a course online offered by um, nurses teaching other nurses um, the importance of learning how to safely use this plant, how to talk to patients about it in a medical framework, um, how to collaborate with physicians, because a lot of physicians aren't trained and they're not allowed to prescribe because mm-hmm. of it's a Schedule One. Um, which I think they're working on changing that. And um, it's just, it's something that people need the education. So it really piqued my interest because nursing and education go together. That's just what we do as nurses, we teach. And so it's just been really fun, you know, opening people's eyes up to the possibility of using cannabis, you know, if they choose to use it recreationally, um, that's fine. You know, we enjoy fine wine or um, microbreweries here in Michigan. So it's just an added way of, you know, a little escapism for the weekend. But really my focus is on helping people use it therapeutically for pain and anxiety. And and that's what really um, piques my interest. And there's so much to learn and there's so much we're still learning, um, which you know, like you said, as an entrepreneur, we're always looking at new things and learning. And that's what I really find invigorating about helping people with pain is there's always something new to learn and something new to offer. Absolutely. And how do you, because, you know, I'm hearing that at one point you, you were taught that this was not something safe and that is frowned upon. And, um, what was your journey? Because, (laughs) you know, I really relate to that. Um, you know, my eyes have, uh, have been open to a lot of different things that I thought were wrong or immoral or whatever you want to see, <laughs> however you want to see it. But I w- I'm really curious to find out you- about your journey going from um, that belief to, to where you're at today. And what were some of the realizations that you've had, maybe some of the obstacles you faced, and how do you deal maybe with um, the the let me like I want to phrase it correctly when you meet someone and you say that this is a better alternative and they oppose it how do you deal with that ah yeah those are good questions um well I think my journey started with I've always been interested in plants and plant medicine and I have a huge garden and I grow a lot of different herbs and so I use these herbs either in cooking or I make my own um herbal teas. And I I really value the wisdom of plant medicine. Mm -hmm. And yet I was excluding one whole plant family, um, the cannabis family, which has its own amazing medicinal uses. And I just didn't even consider it. And then as I started talking to people who were actually using that particular plant as their medicine, um, and especially, you know, knowing families that had young children with untreatable seizures and, you know, as we all have heard that these high doses of CBD help control seizures in the young population for medications that may not have worked anymore. And these families were desperate. So they turned to CBD, which is a component of the cannabis plant and finding relief and just, just the amazement. So I just started to examine my values. Why am I excluding 
this medicinal plant when I embrace all the others. And then I think as you get to know real people that are using it, it, it challenges your belief that you're told as kids, you, you know, you're picturing dark alley drug dealers and right. actually you're, you're meeting people who are, you know, productive members of society who choose to use a plant to help manage their pain. Um, and that opioids have caused a lot of addiction problems, a lot of crime, a lot of sadness, a lot of death. Whereas, you know, the, the cannabis plant has been vilified, but it actually provides so much in the way of medicine and it doesn't create violence in people who use it. It's a relaxing type of plant mm -hmm. and there's just so many different strains and so many possibilities of what to do with it. So I think gradually I just came around and said, you know, I have all these preconceived notions of people who use it and of what it's good for. And I, I had to really challenge that and re-examine and realize that I was wrong. And, you know, as many of us have ideas that we're raised with because it's been indoctrinated and then you reevaluate and say, yeah, I was wrong and I'm learning and it is challenging because there are people who are not interested in hearing about it or they're very offended if you are to bring it up. So it can be a delicate subject. Um, so you have to kind of feel people out, but I'm finding that it's becoming more accepted and that people are curious and they may not want to try medical cannabis, but CBD is something that they will talk about and they will consider. And so there are a lot of benefits to using the CBD alone. And so that just kind of opens the door and then that gets them interested in maybe trying something a little different part of the plant as well with the THC in there. Wonderful. And thank you so much for, you know, sharing in that because I, I do find it and even in coaching and I want to share a little bit of my own personal, you know, experience with this. I know that I thought that, um, not that I thought I was raised to believe that psychologists, um, are not welcome or that they go against um, the religious beliefs that I grew up with. And as we get older, we start looking into the things that don't make sense or don't add up. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, like with psychology has done a lot of great things for the world. And it's safe to say that in today's world, we embrace it, we recommend it, and it's not something that's frowned upon or something that we're ashamed about and so forth. So I think that what you're doing and what the world is doing with the cannabis plant is probably the same. And there's so many other things, but I would um, really, um, I usually want to get to the soul of the person behind a mission. And I want to learn more about you and how what you're doing fulfills you on, on a regular basis. Ooh, fulfillment. My husband and I were talking about that the other day about fulfillment. And mm -hmm. I think just because of how I was raised and my, my personality, my nature, I tend to be a people pleaser and I like to help people and I like to feel needed. And I think that's what probably drew me into staying in the nursing profession as long as I did. It's been oh, over 25 years. Mm -hmm. And so just finding different ways to help um, I find it very fulfilling. I have um, massage clients who, um, you know, they're willing to come see me. I'm no longer based closer into town because of COVID and the, the business um, model where I was renting a space changed. I had to leave and relocate my massage therapy office out of my home. And I was worried that people weren't going to be willing to drive out to the country, but I have a lot of wonderful, um, very faithful massage clients. And it's just so gratifying when 
they get off the table and they tell me they feel so much better. Their headache is gone. Their back feels better. They can move their shoulder. And that, that just lights me up inside. That makes me feel happy to help eliminate pain. And I, you know, maybe some of it comes from the fact that I do get migraines. I have chronic pain and I know what it feels like to just have somebody just come and lay their hands on you and take a little time to help you feel better. And that's, that's just what really keeps me going that I love doing. I just love seeing people feel better. And you know what, I find that that at, that's why I think that the soul of um, the business is the person and uh, often in entrepreneurship kind of gets overlooked. And I really do love to, to hear these kind of stories like yours, because it's so important to acknowledge and to love that part and to share that part so that more people give themselves permission to do the things that they love, to help in the ways that they want, to be more creative, to live life in their terms. How has this mission um, that you have helped you live your life in, in your terms? Um. I think just knowing my why of of what I'm doing, because sometimes entrepreneurship can be challenging. You know, you've got the paperwork and the legal stuff and the taxes and the, you got to sit down and and create, you know, content that's interesting and educational materials that are interesting. And, um, you know, there's a lot of not glamorous stuff, but knowing your why of, of knowing that you've helped someone kind of keeps you going. So I think, you know, people should, if, if they're really in touch with their why and what fulfills them, it makes the work more rewarding and fulfilling. And it helps you to look at different ways of how do I want to live my life? How do I want to feel rather than a task list? You know, how do I want to feel this year? That That's that's the, the goal that I'm having. You know, it's all about resilience. Um, and I noticed that you had talked about in a, a previous podcast about resilience being your mantra. Well, that's my mantra for, <laughs> for this year is resilience and creating a business that is going to not only help other people, but also nourish my own soul. Um, we've created a, a women's wellness space up here. We've built this huge barn. It has a yoga studio. It has a huge um, kitchen that I can teach herbal classes in. Um, It has accommodations so people can stay and, you know, all well-appointed accommodations so people can come and stay. I can teach them. I can interact with them. And that's really important to me is to be able to interact with people and to, you know, challenge their way of thinking and, and teach them and have them come away with something. So that all of these goals have actually totally created my reality and my path forward with retiring out of my mainstream nursing job and just focusing on my health and wellness business. And that's what we've done with our property. It's what's been in our heads for years of us talking about it is now real. The barn is built, the loft is ready, the accommodations are ready. So spring, we're gonna be ready to go. And you know, it's just amazing what a little seed of a thought in your head with a little bit of passion you create something totally new, which is kind of scary, but kind of exciting and so fulfilling to get up in the morning and be excited about what you've created. Wow. Well, I really, really love that. And um, what inspires me about your story is something that I always teach. And, you know, it's been said for many, many, many years, probably hundreds of years or thousands of years that thoughts become things. 
Yeah. And it's so important to have that vision first, because I think a lot of people really only dream of what they gain from the end goal, but they forget about the the joy of the journey and the beautiful things that they can create. And they're robbing themselves of experiences that they couldn't create otherwise in any other way. So thank you for, for sharing that. It's really beautiful. What, um, how did the this idea, you know, get born? Like, what inspired the idea? Um, I think because I love to travel, I love to get away. And I know that when you're in a different location, life slows down, and you become super focused on what do I want to do today to make me happy to bring joy. So just when you're on a vacation, that's what you're focusing on. And then, you know, the rest of the year, you kind of forget that. So being able to create a space where I'm going to have joy just using the facilities that we've created. And it's like, a, you know, a little home resort. I also want to inspire that in others and have them come escape from their life, refocus on their health and their wellness and, and, you know, they're getting rid of their anxiety and learning something new and having fun. And then being able to take that information back home with them and apply it to their everyday life. So I think it's all about being able to unplug a little bit, refocus, and then engage with life again with some different tools that you can use. Yeah. What are some tips that you could give our audience to practice more self-love and self-care? You know, when you think of your inner voice of how you speak to yourself, um, you know, we can be our worst critic. Mm-hmm. And I catch myself doing that where I've done something, oh, gosh, you know, you, you should have done that differently. Or, um, you know, you could do better. I can't believe you just did that. Or, you know, you should be further ahead by now. How come you, you know, you're always beating yourself up. Right. You wouldn't, you wouldn't talk to your child like that, you know, or if you do, that's, that's not nice. You want to instill um, confidence and have people celebrate their successes and learn from their mistakes and, and be willing to embrace a challenge. So if you're constantly speaking down to yourself, um, that's not self-love. You need to really try to not be so hard on yourself to celebrate your little victories and say, you know, I didn't do very well this day, but tomorrow's a better day. Tomorrow I'm going to get things done tomorrow. I'm going to be kinder. Um, and I think that's the first, you know, everybody thinks about self-love is, oh, you know, have a, and you know, a nice bubble bath. And these are all lovely things we do for ourselves. But I think it starts with how we think about ourselves. is the most important self-love is Absolutely. accept and forgive and be kind to yourself and watch what that inner voice is telling you. Yeah. Build, build yourself up. Don't tear yourself apart. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's so easy to tear yourself down, yeah. <laughs> but we got to start doing that, especially as women, we got to stop doing that. <laughs> you know, it's really fascinating because when I, I was doing some research years back about, you know, how many thoughts we have and how, how much of that it's about 90% of our self-talk is negative. And then, wow. Um, yeah, or 70%, I mean, and then 90% of every day, it's about the same talk. So I'm thinking of, well, of course, we're going to have uh, headaches, and we're going to be tense, and we're going to feel all this in our bodies. If that's the type of conversation, I would be tense if someone around me and constantly told me, <laughs> you know, something yeah. negative about myself. So I yeah, really started transforming the, the conversation with myself and also, you know, being gracious too. Because even if we are 
hard on ourselves and we judge ourselves for giving that and bringing love into it and creating a space where it's safe. I think that non-judgment allowed it to kind of move away. The, the less I resisted it, the, the less it came back. Nice. Yeah. So I'm really happy you, you talked about that. Yeah. Well, I'm still a work in progress. You know, I'm not perfect. <laughs> I still have challenge myself every day. Stop thinking that way, you know, change your language, change how you think about yourself. So I think we're all, we all struggle with that, but just acknowledging we're all a work in progress. We're not there yet, but we're getting close. Absolutely. Do you have um, any type of um, daily practice that <clears throat> helps you um, get focused or get reconnected with, you know, your inner self, anything that um, helps you be more productive and do yeah. more. So there's a couple things I do not because of the weather. I mean, today might be a great day. We're having some beautiful fluffy snow. So I might go cross country skiing. I like being out in nature and to me, wow. taking a long walk is very meditative. And I feel that's my, my most peaceful yet creative time when I'm walking or snowshoeing or skiing. So that might be on the agenda today. And if not, um, my husband and I do yoga in the evenings and that's how we just unwind and recenter and relax at the end of the day. Beautiful. And tell me, because you said you have two little children and you guys seem like you're setting the best example for them in all aspects and, you know, making peace with that critical voice in you and also with the type of habits that you have every day. What, um, what is it like for them looking up to you? Um, well, I actually have three because I had two, then I went to nursing school and then I had my third one after I graduated. So I don't want her to feel left out if she's listening. Um, and then my husband has two. So together we have five, they're all grown and two grandbabies. Um, but I think I know that a lot of times my, my girls just say that I inspire them because I'm always learning. I'm always trying scary things, you know, putting myself out there. Um, and that I love to travel. I love to learn things. And, and I'm, I'm hoping that I've inspired them to live their best life and, and to be adventurous and confident young women who are able to speak their mind and not accept any crap from anybody else. So I think I'm hoping the next generation is even more um, confident and stronger than I was growing up. I was a little um, more intimidated and introverted. And as I've gotten older, you know, I think as all of us get older, we, we learn to go, you know, we don't really care as much about what everybody thinks about us. We're, we're getting older and it's about time we live our lives. But I hope that my girls are picking up that lesson at a younger age and are able to just get out there and live their best lives. Absolutely. And I think, you're, again, I think especially children, they tend to mimic what we do, not so much what we say. So setting that example is definitely yeah. something wonderful. It's a great gift for them. So true. Yeah. So, so what, true. what is your plan for for 2021? Besides the um, opening, you said it's somewhere in spring? Yeah, in the spring, I'm going to have an open house and launch and start um, getting some retreats booked. And I also want to do community classes where local people can come and have an herb walk and learn about different things on our property. And I just want to have a really huge garden. Um, I think this um, pandemic has really taught us a lot about self-sufficiency. And that's always been something we've been interested in. So our garden is an acre big. We grow some specialty berries. We're going to add some animals to our farm. And 
it, it's just so gratifying producing your own food and, and preparing it. And um, that's, that's what brings us a lot of joy too. So that's, you know, our garden's going to grow definitely again this year and adding more animals to the farm and growing the business, community outreach, all those kinds of things. That's, that's what we're hoping to do. And hopefully 2021 is much better for everybody than 2020 was. <laughs> I think it will be. I, you know, I have this, um, especially based on the conversation that I've had, you know, from the beginning of the year, I definitely see this renewed sense of purpose for a lot of people. And while, you know, 2020 was very challenging, I definitely believe that it kind of rocked people to their core in the sense that it opened up something that was dormant. And I, I am not discounting all the, the pain and the, the things that we've gone through, but I believe that people are seeing the world with new eyes. They're starting to realize the value of connecting to the value of doing what you love, the value of waking up every morning and feeling fulfilled and also appreciating and grieving grace for the things that you have and you probably didn't notice before. So um, oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Tell us where, where could, um, I have actually, let me not skip <laughs> to that last part, but I would love to know, um, at the end of your life, what would you like to be remembered for? Hmm. Oh, I've never been asked this question. This is um, <laughs> Remember for, I think I want to be remembered for kindness. I think kindness is my, my core value. You're Kindness to others, kindness to yourself, kindness to the earth. And yeah, I think you're doing a phenomenal job. Oh, thank you. Where could um, our audience reach out to you if they're interested in working with you, learning more about what you do, seeing the projects that you have in place? Where can they reach out to you? Oh, sure. Well, I have a website. It's um, zenergyhq dot com and spelled like zen z-e-n and energy um also my email is anna with two n's a-n-n-a at zenergyhq.com wonderful that is so phenomenal i think again i love hearing stories like yours because it truly inspires you know myself and my audience and anybody that you probably come across because it shows what we're capable of when we start with, like you said, a seed, just like a plant, just like an acorn. You know, when we look at a huge tree, we can't really fathom the fact that once it used to be uh, an acorn, right? So just like that is our dreams become the things that we see in the world. And I'm really, really grateful and happy that you've taken your vision and transformed it into an actual thing. And um, I really want to encourage you to continue and do these amazing things because the world really needs it. Well, thank you. And I, I just love what you're doing as well with spreading that sense of positivity and empowerment and having people just think outside the box a little bit and, and step back and say, what, what is life really about? And how do we want to feel and how do we want to treat each other? Exactly. So thank you so much for your time and everything you've shared with, with us. And I can't wait to see what 2021 brings for you. Well, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. <laughs>
Wasn't that wonderful? I hope you've taken away just as much as I have. If you'd love to listen to more of these amazing stories, please make sure to subscribe to Chat with Coach Cat podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and LinkedIn. Until next time, don't forget to be kind, be loving, be forgiving, but most importantly, be yourself.